Hello and welcome to Sword and Pen. I'm John House. For our new listeners, each episode we interview a noted military veteran, journalist, military veteran in journalism, or expert into some theoretical stuff. Along the way, hopefully, you'll learn more about what it means to be a military veteran in journalism. And if you're a veteran or active duty service member looking to lap move into journalism, how to navigate your way into the career field. Today's guest is Paul Zoldra, a Marine Corps veteran, journalist for Task and Purpose, and founder of the always funny Duffel Blog. Well, I guess for the the listener, the the very first thing that we would um, we'd all like to know is uh, what's your story. Tell us about yourself. Well, my name is Paul Zoldra. I'm uh, originally from Connecticut. I guess my kind of main story starts at uh, you know nine eleven. Uh, I was in high school, uh, senior year of high school when that happened. Uh, walked into my history class and basically saw my um, saw my high school teacher sitting on his desk, looking up at the television screen and and watching that whole thing unfold. It's obviously just a terrible, terrible day and just crazy, crazy to watch something like that you know, history happening in history class. And um, I was thinking about joining the military prior to that, wasn't super serious about it. And then that kind of happened and that really motivated me to really look into it further. And that kind of brought me into the Marine Corps. Joined the Marine Corps in 2002, was was basically in boot camp a year later, like the 9-11 first anniversary. And uh, went on to be a infantryman in the Marines, served with 3-3 in Hawaii, and then was an infantry stru- instructor for for a little bit. And uh, so served a total of, of eight years, deployed a couple of times, and then uh, got out, joined, uh, or got out, went to college, and kind of went from there. I went to college for business has nothing to do with journalism really um <laughs> i uh i actually have a degree in in entrepreneurship and you know during the time i was in college a couple of kind of things happened that that led me into journalism first thing was i going along with the entrepreneurship track you know we were trying to figure out business ideas and things that we could you know potentially have that wouldn't require us to get a real job. And uh, one of those ideas I had uh, just being a veteran going to college and, and thinking about how kind of tough to navigate GI Bill and going to college and all that kind of stuff. I was, I basically came up with this idea to help other veterans in that situation. Um, ultimately it didn't really work out, but it was, what I worked on at the time, which is called uh, College Veteran. And that kind of led me on this path of uh, learning about sort of marketing and content marketing and trying to, you know, le- learning social media and all these other things to try to get the word out mostly to, to veterans. And um, I ended up starting a website called Duffel Blog during that time to pretty much get traffic to this this one website um you know basically write, write some funny stories that are just similar to like like the onion but for the military and 
you know, the idea was get people to come in the front door with this humorous stuff and then they'll stay for the GI Bill serious matters. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it didn't work out that way. It was basically most people just like duffel blog stuff and that was uh, I, I kind of did that for a few months of doing sort of both both ideas. The college veteran thing didn't work out too well. Nobody was really all that interested in it. It wasn't really taking off or anything. And Duffelblog was doing a little better. And so I broke it off. It was separated from the college veteran site and became its own thing. And that was March 2012. And kind of took it from there and just kind of built it up a really organic following, you know, of, of veterans and, and active duty personnel who, you know, really enjoyed the satire of it all. And that was kind of my first real sort of start in writing online. Obviously, it wasn't journalistic. It was, you know, satire and, and making fun of like a, it was a parody of a news organization, but it, it actually you know, afforded me some things that helped me out later, like knowing the style of it all and how to write in that news format and write for a digital audience and, you know, learning social media skills and stuff like that. Some of those things translated. I did that for a few months. I ended up going to a conference in DC. It was this military blog conference. And there I met with a couple of journalists from Business Insider who were there covering the conference. And one of them said, hey, do you want to, do you ever think about writing serious stuff? We like contributor content. You know, if you have something to say, you know, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. And I ended up taking them up on that offer and started writing mostly op-ed or analysis kind of things about the military for a BI, for no pay, no, nothing at all. It was just, just to be able to write. And that sort of opened the door to other opportunities that's which started with taking an internship at BI, uh, eventually getting hired there. And that's really kind of where it all started. It's just I have this weird <laughs> roundabout way of getting into journalism that doesn't involve journalism school or anything like that. It just kind of started out on one track and um, eventually blossomed into something I never really, uh, uh, never really saw coming. It's almost like you were like trying everything you could do to not do journalism. You know, you did business school and then when you were writing stories, you were almost making fun of the industry of journalism as it is and the military and just kind of backed your way into it. I, I kind of, I've, I've said it before to people. It's like, I'm, I'm like an accidental, <laughs> uh, accidental journalist. Like I, I didn't have the plan to do it. You know, I had, I had no idea that I would be get into this industry at all. And, and I'm really happy, happy to be doing what I do. I absolutely love journalism. I love the profession and, you know, it gets me just stoked every single day to be able to do it, but definitely wasn't the plan at all <laughs> when I first started out and got out of the Marine Corps. Well, you're, so you're an accidental journalist, so it's not like you, uh, you went to, you know, you were PAO or ComCam in the in the Marine Corps and decided to get out and and do uh, do what you had just done in the Marine Corps. So what what is it that um, what is it you think that like pushed you in that direction? Uh, 
you know, from an aptitude perspective, if you will, it, it's almost like you were, you, you had the chops for this and you just didn't know it and just everything kind of led to it. I think that I have, I have a little bit of experience. There's like one, there's like a main sort of experience with journalism that in my military career that was, I guess, gave me a real appreciation for it before I ever knew that, knew that I needed it. And that was 2000, I think it was 2004, it might have been 2005, I was deployed in Afghanistan, November 2004 to June 2005. And so I'm not sure exactly what date it was, but it's probably in, in 05. But back then there was this, there was this really sort of blurb story that was in Newsweek magazine. And there was this little part, it was, it basically said, uh, it claimed that guards at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, had put the Quran on the toilet, had flushed it in some instances, and sort of done some other questionable things to, uh, you know, the, de- the detainees there. And soon after this was published, not surprisingly, there were protests that broke out uh, in the in the Muslim world over this. And you know, one of the places where there were protests was in Afghanistan when I was there at the time. My unit, we were at a place called Jalalabad Airfield, which was this really tiny, basically just a dusty airstrip with like nothing around it. And uh, we we built up a lot of the, the infrastructure there and, you know, we're filling sandbags and doing all this kind of stuff. And at the time, we we heard about this article and we were kind of warned like there's going to be protests there's going to be some riots and basically told like hey marines like be on your best behavior you know be careful use the rules of engagement all this other stuff and they they locked us down to the base like we were basically when these protests happened they stopped us from going out probably because of the risk of, of a confrontation. And so we stayed at the base and we were basically, you know, wearing flak and Kevlar, setting up, getting ready for the possibility of, of our FOB being breached and, you know, going over that stuff. And ultimately it was a day of just listening to some very loud, loud screaming outside of our gate, you know, yelling and stuff like that. There was some burning of tires and, you know, things like that. But we never we never had to deal with protesters coming in close or any kind of rioters. Never had to fire a weapon. None of that happened. But later that later that evening there was an article I, I read on I think it was one of the wire services and they said that it said that US Marines had opened fire on a crowd of Afghans and, and killed three. And the claim was was uh, from some some Afghan official or civilian or something like that. And I remember reading this and going like, well, what the hell are they talking about? I'm a Marine. We're not out there. (laughs) This is our base that they're referring to. And this didn't actually happen. And I think what actually ultimately happened was, you know, the Afghan guards outside of the gate, because there's like levels of security. So the Afghans are the Mm -hmm. first level. And then they come in and you'd have Marines. They actually did open fire. But the claim was that Marines did it, and it just kind of fueled that anti-American sentiment. 
And just that that whole experience, the Newsweek article that this whole thing started was ultimately later retracted. It was unfounded and completely retracted in a later issue. There was a part about us firing on a crowd that wasn't true. And I just remember thinking like, wow, you know, these aren't things that are like insignificant. They're, they're real world consequences to journalism. And here I am, I can see that, like see how that happens and like how many Afghans were injured or killed in these riots that were started by poor journalism. And that's kind of that, that experience for me, like really is sort of shaped my understanding of, of just what's at stake and what's important here and like trying to get it right as much as possible. I got to tell you, I got a lot of, of conflicting thoughts now after that story, because, uh, you know, I came into this interview, you know, it's Paul Zoldra, he's a guy that started Duffel Blog, we're going to talk about some irreverent humor, and then, you know, uh, you, you hit me with that that story uh, about the seriousness of journalism, and then now I'm reflecting on the fact that, that uh, you know, you ran a, a, a new satire page, and it really just, um, you know, I feel like it really gets to the heart of the importance of, of good journalism, if you could speak about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean... Ultimately, I, I started Duffel Blog, and it's a satire website, and it's all fun and games and everything like that. And I think it serves as a little bit – I don't want to take take Duffel Blog too seriously because it really shouldn't be taken seriously. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to give a serious flavor to Duffel Blog, you know, at the end of the day, most of the time, what is happening on Duffel Blog, the satire is critical of – some policy or position or, or somebody in power and you know it serves as a check on you know maybe bungled policies or bad leadership or you know something to that effect just the same as journalists serve as a check on the people in power and, by reporting on it through serious means so I, I see it as I see Doppelblog as a vehicle to do sort of the work that journalists maybe can't get get can't get can't get away with you know like mm-hmm. it's sort of the making fun of the sort of thing that you see all the time that you have an opinion of and you're like this is never going to change like it's never going to get better like at least double blog can like bring that to light i think i mean journalism in general is just so important today especially now with just the you know the current environment with press relations um that's not only just the white house and how hostile they are to journalists but also with the dod and how you know sort of anti-transparency it is the the work of journalists and especially journalists who are veterans who kind of know how the sausage gets made and can really credibly question decision making that that's backed up by a lot of their experiences. I think it's, it's really, really important. So, you know, speaking a little bit on, on a veteran, you know, who gets into journalism and wants to cover the DOD as, as, as you do, what is it like being a former scoundrel enlisted, you know, Lance Corporal, Sergeant, and then you're calling up a a three-star for comment on a story. What, what is that? What is that like? Well, first off, it's just really surreal. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> like, um, 
I just the position that I'm in that I can just, you know, call up some random colonel or sometimes I've I've spoken with I've spoken with, you know, former Secretary Mattis before and you know, and other sort of senior officials. It's pretty wild to think about that this former Marine sergeant can call and, and ask people questions that you know, in some some instances, they don't want to answer, but they, you know, they have to take my question because otherwise, I'm going to not write nice things about them. So it's pretty it's pretty surreal, I'd say. But at the same time, I just think it's like it really it's it's really great. I think like, I don't want to get into the I never want to get into this. Uh, like military veterans are way better journalists than. Mm-hmm. non-military veteran journalists i think there's so many military or uh, military journalists that are you know total civilians who have just covered the beat for quite a while and really know their way around and know they know the important questions asked they know they know the job well they know the beat well and there there's plenty of really great journalists that aren't military veterans so i put that out there because I really like their work and I respect them for it. I also think that military vets who become journalists, especially when it when it's uh, on the military beat, they bring a level of understanding and insertive background in the space that's it's really hard to learn or teach anyone else. And so, like, you can have the best civilian journalists who covers the military but you know if you haven't worn the uniform you may miss some nuance of of service you may miss some sort of insider joking some kind of like the culture of the institution is something that it it's it's one of those things that you just kind of pick up by you know being in it just the same way as like you know journalists get the institution, like get other journalists better than (laughs) non-journalists. Like, you know, have a, have a conversation after work, you know, complaining about your problems of covering X, Y, Z. You're going to want to have that conversation with a fellow journalist, not with your, you know, buddy who has no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) So, yeah, I just think like military vets, have a good have a good eye for that stuff especially when it comes to sniffing out bullshit i hope that's okay to swear yeah it's, fine. Um, it's a podcast no it's just like you can kind of tell when there's there's that like pr kind of spin from the pentagon you know if you've been around the if you've been around the block a little bit and been in the military you can kind of tell when things are just kind of not always on the up and up mm-hmm. and so from what I've seen with other my other you know colleagues that are vets turned journalists, you know a lot of a lot of them are really skeptical, um, and I feel like in some cases more so than just the normal civilian military press. And you know I for one am super <laughs> super happy about that that they're actually you know military veterans who are taking their experience, you know being in uniform. And turning that into a positive, actually pushing back on policies that may negatively affect those that, you know, are in uniform now, 
And, you know, from my perspective, I see it as I see my role as working for those members of the military, you know, like Mm -hmm. I hold senior commanders responsible to the same levels that they hold their troops, you know, like there's a, there's a common, it's a common, I guess, trope understanding or maybe feeling that, you know, there's different, different, um, different, it's called different spanks for different ranks. You know, if you're a, if you're a colonel, you're going to get a different punishment if you drive drunk than if you're a private. And, you know, that's probably true from where I sit. I'm, I'm not, I'm not accepting that, you know, like military members would be like, well, you know, whatever it's, he's a colonel, he gets off, like they're, you know, posting in the comments section. But meanwhile, I'm like, no, you know, screw that. (laughs) That's, Mm. that's not, that's not the American way. That's not how it should be. I will, I'll freaking call up, you know, whoever senior leader and make them answer the questions that make it really hard for them to justify something like that. Is it, is it going to be like a win? Is it going to change the whole, whole dynamic? Maybe not, but you know, it's worth, it's worth trying. It's, it's worth, you know, going after accountability and, and not being cynical about everything. So yeah, I just see that. I just see my military experience as kind of like an extension. And in some ways I feel like I'm still, I'm still serving in just a totally different, in a different way. Well, that was a nice sentiment. I look at, so one other thing I just wanted to add is that, is that like when I cover the the DOD, there, there's like when I cover the Pentagon and I cover the DOD, um, I look at it as like I'm a I'm a huge fan, mm-hmm. like I'm a fan of the United States, and I like I really want I'm I'm an American. I want us to be awesome. I want our military to be doing great things and great works and be well respected around the world. Um, just like I'm a I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan. Uh, I used to be back in the day. I'm not really too active anymore, but I was a big fan of Chicago Bulls. And I really wanted the Bulls to win. And I love Michael Jordan. But whenever they screwed up, I wasn't like, well, I'm a huge fan. I'm never going to point out their failures. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say when they're, when they're screwed up and when they're wrong. And that's how I look at it in DOD. Like, if you, really really love it if you really really love our military you should want it want it to be performing up to its standards up to its values and you know acting you know ethically and morally uh and legally right and if it's not then that's our job as journalists to is to point out those areas so that one the public knows about it two the the military knows about it and and three, you know, with the with the hope that they will correct those failings and and kind of get better. I mean, that's kind of that's the ultimate goal, I think. You know, like beyond, you know, seeking the truth and reporting it. I think seeking the truth, reporting it, and I don't think it's totally off base to think that 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 turns into an institution that you cover being better yeah well i have a i have another question for you because you know a lot of people in the military 
military community certainly know about your work with Task and Purpose now, and certainly a bunch of people know you through through Duffel Blog. Did you find, especially in today's social media age where things come back to bite you, you might not get a job because of, of a social media post or whatever, did you find transitioning into real journalism was difficult because of the duffel blog or did you find that it actually made it easier because you had built a following you had built a base you had demonstrated that you could grab readers so i for for quite a while i always thought that duffel blog would be kind of a hindrance to me and would be really bad as far as like credibility and just being taken seriously i still get that sense a little bit of like some people kind of some people will dismiss me as like the duffel blog guy, which I mean, whatever. I, I started duffel blog. That's great. And lots of people enjoy it. And I have no, I have no problems with that. And on the, the side of that, you know, I've done uh, legitimate journalism and, and research and done investigations and done, you know, gotten scoops and, you know, documents and all that kind of stuff that every other journalist aspires to do and, and does uh, every day. And, and that's been, you know, separate from, from Duffelblog. And, you know, I've seen people like that work that I do as well. And I, uh, I thought it was, you know, something that could affect me um, having Duffelblog, but uh, what would actually really, I've come to understand is that duffel blog is actually a real a real positive for me as far as getting people to trust me talk to me and you know reaching out to me some people will like people will reach out to me because of duffel blog some people will reach out because task and purpose and they they like duffel blog and they like me and so they'll reach out to me for that stuff and so like it's been actually a positive and i and i and i didn't I, I had no idea it would be, but it seems to make sense. I mean, Duffelblog is is really widely known in in the military, with you know, from junior ranks to senior officials. Sort of everybody kind of knows what Duffelblog is, and they may not know who I am, but I, I don't like I don't really like to do this all that much. But sometimes I'll I'll be like, you know, I'll drop like. Hey, do you know you know what duffel blog is and and a lot of people will say yes and then i'll just be like yeah that's, that's my site too <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that that may like that may help um it, it, i'll say that it, it's helped more than it's hurt over the years so you know that's been that's been great i think for other military veterans as far as like sort of figuring out how to you know get just credibility in the space or build up any kind of following duffel blog is you know its own thing i don't think i don't think it could really if i were to start it today it probably wouldn't have the same shape as it does now and the following it just kind of was good good timing and and good good confluence of, of factors at the time i think for others it's it's figuring out what kind of platform is working at the time and you know earning a following on that specific platform can certainly go a long way and and i think as long as you're not as long as you're not saying anything you know completely inflammatory and and awful that you'll come to regret later 
I think any of that stuff is going to help you long term, whether that's like building up a following on Twitter because you're positioning yourself as maybe some expert on national security or you can analyze current events and people start to trust you. I know there's there's a lot of people on Twitter that I've followed for years and years that are, for the most part, just kind of random people in the military or, you know, maybe a junior military officer or something like that. But I watch them to kind of get a sense of, of what, what people are interested in the, in the military or what they're talking about. You know, that's that's something that I think can be you know, really leverage to go into journalism or even starting your own, you know, your own blog or, you know, having, having opinions on the topics that you care about can definitely help you get into, you know, get into covering that sometime down the road. All right. Well, uh, I'm going I'm to hit you up with one last standard stock question that we're going to ask everybody, which is, um, you know, imagine a Lance Corporal is uh, getting ready to get out. He's looking at going to J school or just parlaying whatever skills he learned directly into some sort of a journalism job. What advice do you have for, for that soon to be veteran Lance Corporal that wants to get into journalism? There's so much here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think, I guess my piece of advice is really kind of generalized. It's not even to specifically to journalism. I'll give some journalism advice, but my general advice is don't have a chip on your shoulder. Don't get out of the military thinking that anybody owes you anything. I made this mistake. I mean, I got out and I thought that like, because I was a sergeant and I was at times in charge of, you know, a hundred Marines and I did this, that, and the other thing that I, you know, basically I should, I should be able to just walk into any civilian job, and they should pay me a whole lot of money and I should automatically be a manager. Like that's because, because I did all that stuff. And if you really think about it in a a civilian world, I mean like no one, no one owes you anything. And uh, when I joined the military, just like everyone else, like you join the military out of a sense of selfless service, you know, service before self. And it doesn't come with an asterisk that says after this, you'll get all these benefits and all these things from the civilian world and everybody's going to give you a wide open door. There's lots of, there's lots of veteran hiring programs. There's lots of things for veterans to benefit from and get as a result of their military service. But the thing that really kind of held me back at least a little bit was this sense of like, I'm, I'm too good for this work that may be demeaning. Like when I was in college, I had to really get over myself and take the really crappy minimum wage job at this children's museum right next to my university because I needed money. (laughs) And, uh, And that's something that is really tough, especially, I mean, it was definitely tough for me. I felt kind of really demoralized, but like, I needed the money. I needed the job. And like, that's something that I just needed to do. Nobody owed me, you know, anything. I couldn't go up to the museum worker and be like, look, I was a sergeant and I deserve to be the manager here. Not you. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't really work that way. So 
you know, along that, along that note, I mean, uh, when I, my, how I got into journalism was through an internship and I realized that I didn't know what I didn't know. And it was, it was all about learning from a whole bunch of people who had no military experience, learning the ropes of, of journalism and what to do and just basics of, you know, how do you call people? How do you talk to sources? How do you get people's numbers? How do you write a good lead sentence? All these things are things that I didn't learn in the military that I needed to learn from other people. And it takes a level of humility to be able to do that without feeling like you're being talked down to or you're, you're better than, than that. So I just think like my overall message to, you know, Lance Corporal Wyankin in journalism is that it's a great profession as long as you keep humble and just remember like it's all built on performance and doing great work and doing great journalistic work leads you to success and but before you can get there you have to learn a whole lot uh, whether that's in journalism school or just doing it and the military your military service helps you the leadership aspects and the analysis of things like that but there's a lot that you'd never you don't learn in the military that you you have to understand that you're you're going to learn from a whole lot of people so just uh just sit back and, and try to absorb as much as you can. And, and I think you will go far if you do so. All right, Paul. Well, I know that I got to get back to my day job. I mean, this is, uh, we've, uh, we've been talking about uh, 45 minutes. So I really appreciate your time. And uh, thank you for, for letting us uh, kind of explore your, your journey through journalism and how that might relate to others and, and what they can do. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, it great to talk to you. Thanks so much for, uh, for having me on. That was Paul Zoldra, Marine Corps veteran, task and purpose journalist, and founder of Duffelblog. It's also the end of our show. If you'd be so kind, please rate the podcast. It lets us know how we're doing. It also lets other listeners know if they should listen. And it boosts us on, you know, maybe on the homepage someday. Someday. A boy can dream. Sword and Pen is produced by Maggie Seymour and myself, John House, with support from our executive producer, Zach Bedorf. Our music is from purple-planet.com. We're a production of Military Veterans in Journalism. That's a nonprofit dedicated to helping vets find their way into the fourth estate. And if you'd like more information, you can check out their website. It's at mvj.network. mvj.network. Again, that's mvj.network. If you go, you can find some advice, contact information, job postings, numerous programs, and mentors. One last time, that's mvj.network. Dot .network